Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. It's the Cleveland Indians 5, the Kansas City Royals 4. The Indians have definitely won this series now. Three games uh, against the Royals, four games in a row, and they move into a first-place tie with the White Sox and Royals. It's a three-way tie atop the American League Central Division, plus seven on the run differential now. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And man, uh, if you want to watch the Indians play some baseball, you better stay up late. You better stay up to the end of these games because uh, they seem to be a late inning offense. Uh, I think I saw someone on Twitter made the joke that the Indians might as well be a West Coast team because they don't start playing baseball until after 10 p.m. It was a great joke. Before we get into the storylines, let's take a second. We got another phone call. This time it's from Phil in Louisville. Let's take a listen to what Phil has to say, and then we'll get into it. Hey, Davey. This is Phil from Louisville. So, uh, hey, Indians are coming back, winning games. That's great. Not the best that they don't show up until the sixth or seventh inning. But anyway, um, I didn't think Hamilton and Rosie did a very good job describing the balk. Um, was it a balk? I mean, just because Angel Hernandez called it doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. doesn't mean it's right. But he kind of went off on a tangent about about um, Angel Hernandez and whatever. And I wanted to know more about the balk. I thought these guys are actually at the stadium, too. Are they actually just watching some feed on TV? So, uh, interested in your, your comments. Take care. Goodbye. All right. Thank you, Phil, so much for calling into the show, being a listener. And I love that this question is so immediate, right? Uh, Steve's call the other day was obviously a very long-term call. Phil, I love that you're getting into the spirit of the show and asking a very specific question about the game that we just watched. All right. So it's going to bring up the first storyline, which is that Angel Hernandez had to eject three different Royals from the game yesterday. He ejected the pitching coach, the manager, and starting pitcher, Brady Singer. And Brady Singer's balk. So this balk is a really important part of this game because without this balk, Eddie Rosario might not get to third base and he might not score on Josh Naylor's ground out. Now, there are so many ways to balk. It is insane how many ways there are to balk. Probably the easiest one, the easiest one to see is simply the pitcher flinching, whether it's starting to come set for their delivery, but then going back, uh, you know, to sort of their resting position, whether it's flinching towards a base runner on base. And yeah, I can, I can imagine this is one of those things that's really hard to capture on the radio broadcast. So obviously Phil was listening to the game on the radio last night and uh, yeah, Brady Singer definitely had a, there was a significant twitch in his leg. It was very hard to see live. When you, even if you go back and watch the highlights, you're not going to see it live. But as soon as they slow it down and show you the replay, there is a twitch in his leg. His knee actually flinches and in his shoulder. In his right shoulder, there's a flinch because he's thinking about going to second base. He's not ready to do it yet. And then he eventually gets it, I don't know, gets it, not the courage, but gets it up and ready to go and throw to second base. But 
there is a split second before that where he was thinking about going to second base and he just wasn't there yet. His body was ahead of his mind and his knee, I think it was his right knee and his right shoulder, both give a little bit of a flinch and then he turns and throws. So that is absolutely 100% a balk and Angel Hernandez nailed it. He got the call right. Um, so yeah, so that I can understand how that would be really hard to, uh, capture listening to the radio broadcast and, uh, yes, Hamilton and Rosie do go off on their tangents. Uh, I believe they are not at the ballpark. I know the TV broadcasts do it from progressive field and they're watching on a monitor. So I would assume if the TV team is not flying down to Kansas city, I would assume that the radio broadcast is doing something very similar. It's probably why on a lot of, I feel like on a lot of these home run calls, Hamilton hasn't really gone into full Hamilton until he's sure because he's not at the ballpark seeing it for these road games, right? Both for uh, Jose Ramirez's home run and Naylor's home run, which we'll get into, don't worry. It seemed like he wanted to give it a second before he committed to the home run call, probably because he's watching on a monitor. So, I know for a fact that the uh, TV broadcast is doing it from Progressive Field, and I'm so I'm pretty sure that the radio broadcast is too. But yeah, Phil, absolutely 100% Brady Singer balked before turning and throwing to second base to try to pick off Eddie Rosario. So thanks for the call, Phil, and uh, we enjoy your thoughts, so keep sending them in when you got them. All right, let's get into the storylines. Uh, the biggest storyline of this game, besides the three ejections, because the uh, the ejections were more over uh, Jose Ramirez possibly getting hit. On the replay, it really doesn't look like the ball hits his jersey, which was the initial call. Possibly, possibly hit him on the hand. On the, on the left hand, the back hand would be the only thing maybe you could, but it, you can't really tell even when it's slowed down, so... That's what they were all hot and bothered about. So between the bat and the balk, those three guys get ejected. Uh, Angel Hernandez wasn't terrible last night. I, I guess if you're a Kansas City Royals fan, you probably think he was terrible. But from the Indians' perspective, it actually wasn't that bad. He he had a, a wide but fair strike zone. I feel like he was you know fair to both pitchers when it came to that. He was a little wide. Uh, I know there was a strikeout from Cesar Hernandez that he wasn't too happy about on an inside. It seemed like a two-seamer that came back. Yeah, that was probably close enough to be called the strike. But yeah, so uh, other than those ejections, Angel Hernandez didn't really turn into a storyline. The storyline last night was the Indians came storming back again. Again. They took it to the Royals. Uh, This time this started, but they took it to the Royals' bullpen again. It's unbelievable They didn't start scoring until the sixth inning, and then they score in the sixth, eighth, and ninth inning to win this game. And the sixth inning obviously was sparked by a lot of the controversy uh, that got those Royals guys ejected, but the sixth inning was a pretty fun inning. Uh, It starts with a a Jake Bowers walk. Now, (laughs) we all laugh when Jake Bowers... He hits a home run the night before, and then suddenly he's in the second spot in the lineup. So clearly, you don't have to do much. Let's see if Josh Naylor is in the second spot in the lineup tonight. He hit a home run. Um, So clearly, you don't have to do much to get moved up in this Indians order. 
But Jake Bowers does draw a walk. Jake Bowers does start this rally after Cesar Hernandez lines out. And then Jose Ramirez gets hit by the pitch, the phantom hit by the pitch. And then Eddie Rosario gets a ball up. It looked like it was supposed to be some kind of spinner. It didn't look like a fastball. It looked like it was something else. And Eddie Rosario takes that high pitch, lines it out into left center field, burns the center fielder, Michael Taylor, and drops it in for a double. And I love Jose Ramirez here because he knows as a runner on first base, he can take his secondary lead all the way up to the bag at second. As long as he doesn't pass uh, Bowers on the base path, he can take, because he can get back. He can get back to first if this ball is somehow caught. So he takes a huge secondary lead. He's basically standing on second when they see the ball drop, and both runs come in to score. It was great hustle and base running from Jose Ramirez. So yeah, Eddie Rosario is on second. Fermil Reyes walks behind him. And then the block, the block is huge because it moves both runners up. And then Josh Naylor grounds out to Carlos Santana, and Eddie Rosario is able to come in and score. Uh, it was a smash hit by Josh Naylor. Let's see what the exit velocity was on this hit. Uh, the exit velocity was 92.8 mile per hour exit velocity. So a decently, not considered a hard hit ball, but a decently hard hit grounder that uh, Santana had to go to his, you know, layout kind of out of his belly to kind of snare, which we've seen Santana do plenty of times. He just couldn't. He hesitated coming home with the ball. He thought about coming home with the ball. He put his arm up, you know, like he was going to. His shoulder kind of got locked and ready to throw home. And he hesitated for a second, thinking, eh, I don't think I have this. And the second you hesitate, you can't throw it. I mean, as an infielder, you have to be 100% committed to throwing that ball home with no force, right? He's got to get the tag down. There's, if there's a force, he probably throws home, right? Without the force, you have to be 100% in your mind that you are going home with the ball to have any chance. And as soon as a second of doubt crept in, he's like, I'm just going to first with the ball. I'm just going to first, getting the out. We still have a one-run lead. So, yeah, so that is the sixth inning for the Indians. And then it's still 3-4. The Royals still, you know, have the win probability line in their favor. But they have to go to their bullpen. And the Indians have just been mashing the Royals' bullpen. And Barlow came in and pitched a good seventh. But this time it was Jacob Junis coming back out with his 5-1-9 ERA. And Jose Ramirez. Let's go to the actual matchup on this one. Jose Ramirez. He throws them all fastballs. He throws Jose Ramirez all fastballs. And it's not like Jacob Junis has a 99-mile-per-hour fastball. He's throwing this thing at 93. He throws him the first one. He, he Somehow, Jose Ramirez lets him, lets him throw a fastball on the inside edge of the plate for strike one. Throws the second one in the dirt, then comes back, throws one middle of the plate, bottom of the zone, and Jose Ramirez does not have trouble with low pitches. And he turns and absolutely cranks one off the uh, T-Mobile facing of the Royals' bullpen for a game-tying home run. And then... In the ninth inning, in the ninth inning, they bring in Wade Davis. And, man, this Royals bullpen just cannot get out of its own way. Wade Davis comes in with a 7.59 ERA. I think he's supposed to be their closer this year. And he comes in with a 7.59 ERA. And he has to face Josh Naylor. And he goes to battle against Josh Naylor. But, again, he's throwing all fastballs. 
one cutter mixed in there, or two cutters maybe mixed in there. Uh, they've got the fifth pitch labeled as a fastball. That one felt like it had a lot of movement. Uh, it, it was definitely a cutter. I think that's a little mislabeled by, the, uh, by StatCast here. Uh, if you look at the break, the vertical break in inches, it matches up to the cutter as opposed to... The cutter that he throws for pitch three had a 24-inch vertical break. Uh, his fastball normally has a 13, 12-inch vertical break. That fifth pitch had a 22-inch vertical break. So I'm guessing it was the cutter. So he throws him a fastball high, uh, fastball away, and then throws the cutter high. He's down in the count 3-0 and then comes and starts working it back. He takes a fastball in the zone for four. He swings through the inside cutter. The cutter broke inside on him, which is a really hard pitch for a lefty to hit. And he swings through it for strike two. He throws him another inside fastball. Instead of throwing him all this heat and maybe mixing up a changeup away or something like that, Davis comes again with an inside fastball. And this is all about Josh Naylor's hands. I don't think there's a stat cast metric for how fast your hands are. But Josh Naylor's hands, you have to be ridiculously fast to turn on an inside pitch like that. And he gets his hands through, and he cranks this ball out to right field for his second home run of the season. And uh, yeah, Naylor, there are some things he's struggling with here, but his max exit velocity is in the 95th percentile in Major League Baseball, which means when he does get a hold of one, this dude gets a hold of one. His hard hit percentage is only in the 60th percentile. Um, nothing else really pops in the, you know, in the top 80 or 90 percentile of any, of any metric that they've got on here on uh, Baseball Savant. But the max exit velocity is definitely up there with the best in the league. So Naylor with the big go-ahead home run, and the Indians offense just comes storming back. The Royals actually had more hard-hit balls than the Indians yesterday, which we'll get into. Uh, that's kind of the next storyline. Shane Bieber got hit really hard yesterday. Not something we see a lot. The Royals had 12 hard-hit balls yesterday. The Indians only had seven, but they made them count. They absolutely made them count. So that's the Indians' offense. Shane Bieber, he had to fight. He really had to fight. He had runners on base in a lot of innings. And like I said, gave up 11 hard-hit balls, including a home run, including a bunch of doubles. His final line on the day, six innings pitched, nine hits, four runs, three earned. Because remember, there was a throwing error by uh, Andres Jimenez that should have got them out of the inning. That ground ball would have got him out of the inning. Instead, with a runner on third, he just throws it wide. He just He's shuffling to his left to get the ball. It just pulls the arm and throws it wide to Jake Bowers. Uh, Jake Bowers tries to scoop it, but can't come up with it. A walk and nine strikeouts for Shane Bieber. That's his final line. Gets the no decision. Nick Whitgren actually got the win. Uh, so no decision for Shane Bieber. And uh, yeah, it, he really, really had to battle. I mean, he had base runners on pretty much in every inning that he was out there. Uh, and the strikeouts, the strikeouts like usual saved Shane Bieber. Uh, after Merrifield singles in the first and Benetton grounds out, he strikes out Santana and strikes out Salvador Perez. He gives up the home run to Hunter Dozier, gives up a bunch of singles. Again, two strikeouts get him out of the second inning, which could have been a really, really bad inning. 
Um, he gets a double play to actually get him out of the third, so it's not the strikeout that saves him this time. It kind of, because Benintendi doubles to lead off the inning, and then he strikes out Santana. That strikeout's big because it keeps Benintendi on second base. Perez singles, but he can't score. Benintendi stops at third, and then a double play actually gets him out of that inning. Not the strikeout for once. Uh, I honestly, Shane Bieber doesn't get a lot of double plays because he's so focused on the strikeout. Um, strikeouts don't save him in the fourth, but they do save him again in the fifth. Uh, after two runs have already come in to score, however, he did hit Salvador Perez with a pitch, and Benintendi singled the lead off that inning again. Uh, Benintendi had himself a decent day. He strikes out Dozier and strikes out O'Hearn. So again, two strikeouts get him out of that inning. And then he was done with it by the sixth inning. After the Indians came roaring back, he strikes out Taylor, strikes out Nicky Lopez, and gets Whit Merrifield, his last batter, to fly out. So yeah, I mean, man, you're striking out two guys to end three different innings. I would say the strikeout definitely saved um, Shane Bieber yesterday. So that is our next storyline. And the final storyline is just the bullpens, right? Just the bullpen versus bullpen. The Royals do not have it, and the Indians absolutely have it. The final line for the bullpen yesterday for the Royals is three and a third innings pitched, two runs given up, two two runs on two hits, uh, three strikeouts, five strikeouts, and uh, two home runs allowed. That's the final line for the Royals bullpen. The final line for the Indians bullpen Three innings pitched, no hits, no runs, no walks, six strikeouts, and obviously no home runs given up. Only one hard-hit ball given up in that performance from the Indians bullpen. And it wasn't, it was kind of your typical bullpen, but no, Nick Wickren got mixed in there. So uh, the Indians were down at that point, or uh, actually had just tied it up. And so we went Brian Shaw, Nick Wickren got to pitch the eighth again. Nick Wickren got some high leverage in it, high leverage innings again. And then James Karinchek comes in and pitches the ninth. Karinchek was warming because it was a tied game. And Francona stuck with him. Instead of getting Classe back up and getting him warm, he's got Karinchek warm and he sticks with Karinchek for the ninth inning. And it works in Francona's favor because Karinchek strikes out the first two before getting the last batter to ground out to short. So once again, it's the Royals' bullpen absolutely letting them down. And the Indians' bullpen, I wouldn't say coming to the rescue, but shutting things down and absolutely dominating. I'm trying to look on Fangraphs and Baseball Reference, and I just cannot. Fangraphs, for some reason, has not updated the Royals' uh, pitching stats and the relief pitcher stats. So I can't really compare the two bullpens against each other right now. But it is absolutely evident to anyone watching these games that the Indians bullpen is a far, far superior bullpen to what the Royals are throwing out there. And I mean, you're not going to win a division if you don't have a good bullpen. It's that simple. And uh, right now, the Indians have stormed their way back into first place on the strength of their bullpen and on the weakness of the Royals bullpen. All right, before we get out of here, we have to do MVP for the day. And oh man, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but I am going to go with Josh Naylor. I mean, when you hit the go-ahead home run in the ninth inning, you kind of earned yourself MVP for the day. Not only that, he does have that second RBI that brought in Eddie Rosario after the balk. It was a great at-bat from Naylor working the count and then staying on the handling that inside pitch. 
So even though Jose Ramirez had a beautiful home run to tie the game, even though Eddie Rosario's double unlocked things for the Indians offense, I'm giving Josh Naylor MVP for the day for his go-ahead home run in the ninth inning. All right, that's all my thoughts from yesterday. It was a fun game. It was a really fun game from the sixth inning on. Uh, So we'll see what the Indians are able to do today. It's going to be an interesting one for the Indians. It's a day game, 2 o'clock game. And you've got uh, Tristan McKenzie back on the mound against probably the best starter for the Royals right now, Danny Duffy, who's 4-1 with a 0.60 ERA. So the Indians are going to have their work cut out for them. They're going to have to do whatever they can do to run up Duffy's pitch count. And let's see if they're patient. If they're patient and they try to run up Duffy's pitch count so they have a chance to get back into the Royals' bullpen. All right. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Ferris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning.